0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Well hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Ham I'm and I'm Danny's I'm Irish Football Road. Now, it has been a big week. Lots of games, lots of games coming up, lots of stuff happening. It has been a crazy one. This, this football season has started off with an absolute bang. There seems to be games every day at the minute. And what I want to start off with today because we've got loads to <laughs> discuss. We're going to be discussing the Chelsea game, discussing the Lincoln game, discussing the two Arsenal games that are going to be coming up in like the next five days. Um, but obviously, we finished the podcast last week. i by discussing the fact that so who could we possibly sign that would challenge our front three, but also be... a players I have on the bench and we were like there's no one you can really sign and then Jürgen Klopp goes and pulls it out of the bag with a 45 million Diego Jota signing as well as Thiago coming in and all of these different things that happened during the week what have you made of Liverpool's transfer business
0: over the last seven days? Yeah clever <laughs> um, I'm, I'm happy I mean you, you hit the nail on the head there Danny you know who, what player can we get that's not necessarily going to be a starter every week but it's going to Potentially challenge the front three, and I think Chotta's that player. He's young enough, he's hungry enough, he's proven. So he's proven in the Premier League, and it's so hard to get a, a player proven in the Premier League um, that can challenge our front three. There's not many about it. I have to look at the likes of you know the signs of Koffman in the past, like Manny and stuff. You know, Manny was at Southampton and he was probably you know the best player at Southampton, a very solid player. But Klopp has developed him into probably one of the best players in the whole world. Mm. You know, so I'm looking at like this very similar with Jota. You know, the front three are kind of undisputable. You know, we, we we know this, but I can see Klopp kind of, I can see Klopp trying to turn Miramino's game into like a, a Firmino type of game, and I can see that maybe in the next six months that Miramino could be you know challenging Firmino, and and that's great, and that's what I see with happening with Jota here. I think Klopp's got him. He doesn't need to do the groundwork as because he's proven in the Premier League, so that's an advantage. Yeah, that money this day and age, I don't think you take much notice of money because, like, is money even re- relevant these days? It it's just for me. Um, it, it, it's not even relevant because it's it, it's it's stupid the amount of money that players are going for, you know. Oh, yeah. But he's still in twenty three, twenty four. Um, his stats at Wolves are very good. Um, he's an exciting player. He's got pace. He, he's one of these players that will come inside as well. Um, it's a bit different. Um, and I don't. Think personally, he's going to be a player that's going to be happy enough to just sit in the bench or every single week. So he is going to challenge us from free. Um, but at the same time, I'm sure he's come to Liverpool you know, and he's been told, you know, it's up, up, up to you, but If you perform, you'll play. Um, it's interesting, Danny, because, you know, I know we're going to go about, go about the games um, in, in a wee while, but you look at the challenge, like our forward line that we have, like the players that we actually have. So if you go through them, you've got. Firmino, Salamani, obviously. You've got Shaqiri, which you forget about. You've got yep. Oxley, chamberlain You've now got Chota. You've got Origi. We all know that we're out, we're out of Origi. Football's nothing, you know? <laughs> and, and, I mean, the likes of Harry and stuff like they're away, and Brewster uh, it looks like he's away, and all them boys. But you you just sitting there like, wow. And I haven't even mentioned that the likes of, you know, Genie Van Alton playing up front free as well. And uh, it's just... It's 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 scary and I, mean, I, mean, I just mentioned him previously, there's another player and it's just like, Wow. Like our forward line is just like Danny, do you remember let me just put a, put the question back to you, do you remember being like a Liverpool team and like our backup was like David and Gog? And then <laughs> our players got in our players got injured and then it was like you've got David and Gog up front and then you've got like a maybe a seventeen year old on the bench that you've never heard of. Um and like look at our forward line now we've we've got players that like only can't even get in our matchday squad and years gone by would be starters like we're so spoiled so we're doing so good so back to your question about Jota um, and I'll put the question to you so Jota I think is the perfect signing I think he will challenge but my question to you Danny, is how blessed are we right now with we're our we're you know attacking options we, I really think we've got the best attacking options probably in the world at the moment
1: yeah, it's something we're not used to as Liverpool fans, isn't it? I'm going to say first of all, I remember the days when David and Gog was our starting eleven. Never mind on the bench. Um, <laughs> there was times when, when our Liverpool team was looking weak at some points, like, and it was hard to be able to really get players to come in. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think Klopp has has really done a job at creating competition, but also creating harmony. And I don't know how much people realise that is that you've got teams like Man City and uh, what Mourinho's building at the minute, at Spurs and different ones like that. They were looking for like two players in every position and it's become a competition, it's become a challenge and you can almost imagine there's a, a tension in the training pitch every day because you've got to prove yourself and be the best and get your game at the weekend. Where co-op teams have created a, a harmony within the squad that everybody knows where they are, everybody knows where their position is. But yet we've got that that challenge still going on that we have. As you said, we look and obviously we'll review the Lincoln game in a minute, but we have uh, Minamino and Shaqiri and Origi and Jota and all these boys that can come that are are what is technically second string players. Um, But yeah, in most clubs, they do the business and they'd be starting at a lot of teams. Um, So to have that going on where it doesn't seem like there's there's tension and it doesn't seem to be news coming out of Liverpool every week that uh, such and such a player is unhappy being at the club and such and such a player is happy that he's unhappy that he's not getting games there's a, there's a lovely harmony around the team at the minute but yeah Klopp has created this competition which is nice and yeah I know there was a lot of talk obviously Jota came in people were happy about that but people were like well only 5 million more and we would have got a, a player of a next calibre we would have got who Chelsea ended up getting up front um, we would have yeah. uh, ended up with something like that Um, But I think he's a really good balance Because as you said He's young He's hungry He's already proven in the Premier League And I think he will challenge that front three But he seems to have A clock mentality That I think he will be happy To be part of the squad And he'll be happy to challenge Which is is nice And it's It's, um, a nice position to be in
0: It's just a Chelsea player That's still in Fabinho's back pocket Is it? That's the one, yeah Oh, well, who's he again? Oh,
1: mention, I don't remember.
0: His name. Your names, don't be again. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say, you know, is he not just Is he not a Liverpool signing ground for me? You no, know, his back of the back of his pocket now. Is, 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 that, not, is that not where he is? With an extra five million.
1: I'm telling right. you, and we'll, come, we'll obviously come on to that because we're going to discuss the Chelsea game, so we want to have a little look into that. And there was a lot went on in that Chelsea game, um, but first of all. I think one of the big things that, come out to this, that comes out of this that obviously I want you to say that is the fact of Fabino playing centre back with Van Dyke. Is he technically a better pairing at the back? Is that technically our strongest back four with Trent and Robbo and Van Dyke and Fabino rather than Gomez? Because I think Fabino absolutely bossed that defence when he played there against Chelsea.
0: I think um, it's an option, isn't it? For sure. He, he couldn't reel her out. He's done it a few times. And mm. um, he did it at his previous club. I think he's filled in right back before as well. Um, it's hard to say, Danny, because he is so good in that role in midfield as well. So it's like, what you do? Hey, it's competition for places. And as I say, I don't think Klopp's got like that kind of two players for every position, um, like other teams. But he's competition for places, you know what I mean? And I I just go through the squad and look at look everyone in our squad now who's like in the squad. You've got the likes of you who's played at Bayern Munich, you know, and he barely gets a game. You've got the likes of James Milner on our bench, and he's been there, done it, seen it, the water t-shirt, the likes of Origi, who's, who's scored Champions League final goals. Our squad is just absolutely immense at the moment. Like, even mm. on the weekend, I know Thiago got flooded in, but Tiago's coming off our bench. Like, what what, 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 what on earth is going on? He's coming <laughs> off the bench to play for Liverpool. I, I just, you know... And even Adrian, you know, solid second keeper now, you know what I mean? So it's... Oh, it's just brilliant. I'm just happy. As a Liverpool fan, say we've had three games so far, three wins, and I don't even think we've played that well, to be honest.
1: No, I think very much the Chelsea game, looking at it, it was it was a cruise second half. I'm pretty certain I could have came on second half for Chelsea and put a shift in. Um, the way that they played, they kind of given up and the commentators alluded to it, didn't they, in the second half. They were like, you can tell that Frank Lampard just wants this game to be over and for them to move on in about 70 minutes. Um, but Liverpool, like, Yes, we maybe wasn't playing at the gear that we're used to playing in, where it's high-tempo football, counter-attack and all this different stuff. But I think we just completely dominated that game in a way that I've never seen. Liverpool against a top-six team, it it normally is quite tight and it normally is a lot of running. It's not very often that you see Liverpool, as I said, 60, 70 minutes in and you're just sort of sitting there going, this game's won. Liverpool cruising around in second gear, just passing the ball about, I thought, Fabino, as I said, was... Absolutely solid at the back team. I and I didn't have a clue what was going on, um, and he just absolutely bossed it there. As well as obviously Van Dijk who was a constant, constant yeah, well,
0: trail. as I say, it was. I think I that think sending off the change the game. Um, but there was a wee saying I seen on social media, it was like, hey, and this is just so true. And we were chatting about it last week against Leeds, so Salah turned up against Leeds, you mm. know what I mean, and like Manny and Firmino were fairly quiet, but Salah turned up. And then against Chelsea, okay, they send off change the of game, but there was a saying i seen on social media, it was like, Thiago Friday, Jota Saturday, Giotta Saturday, um, and uh, Mane Sunday. It was like, it was just, Mane turned up on, 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 against Chelsea. And, um, yeah, it was just, Mane just does what Mane does. Like, he's just a handful, isn't he? And, um, yeah, I think the game was just a bit edgy, but they send sending off change, I think. But I mean, I wouldn't have said if they would still had 11 men that we wouldn't have won because I think we're far better team than Chelsea. and mm. we've proved that in, in time gone by um, in the last you know, five, six years anyway. Um, but it, it's very evident. The players are still kind of getting settled in and they're still... I don't think we're, we're, we're kind of 100 miles an hour like we were, say, probably last season. But it just goes to show um, what a pre-season actually does because I, I just don't think any team's kind of had it already, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think it has been su- such a quick turnover from last season straight into this season. And then the transfer, you still kind of feel like it's transfer market time because obviously it's run until October. Um, but yeah, you kind of feel like there hasn't been respite for the players to sort of catch the breath, to think about and get yourself... Because there's, there's a huge emphasis on mindset. To get yourself into a mindset of this is a new season, this is what we need to be aiming for. Like, you're looking at it was only three, four weeks ago that Liverpool were actually lifting the Premier League trophy and now we're straight into a new season. And it's kind of yeah. a really quick turnover. So there's a lot to be said for the mental side of it. And I think the players will still be adapting and still be adjusting. As you said, find the rhythm. And then suddenly, as you said on Sunday, we've, we've suddenly got Thiago comes on second half. We've, we've made a sign and we bring him on second half. He had one day's training with the team. And obviously, he's done really well. Like I, I don't know what you thought about it. I thought he was absolute quality. But obviously, he's still settling in. And players have suddenly got to get used to all of these boys coming in. And, oh, wait, wait a minute, his style isn't quite the same as ours just yet. And they've got to try and adapt. Um, and I think the 10 men of Chelsea, I think, definitely helped Thiago to be able to settle in better. I think if it was 11 men, he probably wouldn't have brought Thiago on.
0: Um, but what did you make of his performance when he came on at half-time? Yeah, well, yeah. He, he broke that record, didn't he? The most passes and a half of any player in the Premier League history. You know what I mean? Now, now I don't want to diminish that record, because it's, you know, it's a record been broken, it's debut, not everyone can say that, but at the end of the day, it was Chelsea, it was 10 men. Um, so I wouldn't look too much into it, but it just shows what he does. Now, he gave away the penalty, didn't he? But so Alisson kind of spared his blushes there kind of thing, which is great to see. But his yeah. performance overall, I've seen him spreading the ball around and, you put this way, he didn't. He didn't hide anyway. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes it might just be a case of getting the ball, making a couple of passes, and having a quiet debut. But he got the ball. He, he wasn't hiding. He was looking to play forward. I've seen a couple of switches of play that was brilliant. Um, so yeah, personally, I think it was a good, solid performance. But I mean, I, I said we said this didn't. We? At that age, at the level he's played that, um, he's not a player that that can really come in and just be kind of blooded in. You know what I mean? It's kind of different with other players but he's a player that has to perform straight away because so he's 29 years of age he's just come from the, you know, the European Champions in Bayern Munich and um, yeah he's, he's kind of got to be like that so fair fair play to him he'll be a big part of our squad um, and yeah let's just hope that when he is blooded in we can start to see the absolute best of him and uh, you know well, I, I think that the best thing to do is give it a couple of weeks give it a couple of months and review his performance then because as I say um, I don't think it's going to take that time to get blo- to to get you know blooded in and used to this. I really do think that he's in the next couple of weeks and months he will start showing his top level. So excited, Danny! Excited. Yeah, I think there was a good
1: couple of portions in that game where Thiago made passes that showed his quality. Generally, he was one-two-touch passing, going between Fabinho, going between Van Dijk, playing into the midfield. But there was a few moments where he looked like he was going to play passes and then just completely split the lines with through balls. That um, you thought to yourself, if you've had time to settle in and get to know players and get to know where they are, he's going to be doing that on a constant basis and it's going to absolutely tear teams apart. And you can see why there's been such a big deal made around Thiago coming into Liverpool. If he's able to do that with only one day's training, as you said, yeah. two, three months in, um, he's, he's going to be doing that constantly. And look, and, we're going to have a threat level that we never have really had since even Coutinho. Um, so he's going to be an interesting one. And I think one of the things that a big sign-in does like that, which we've seen on Sunday, was that it lifts the rest of the team. And I always look at the previous history. Uh, look at when Salah came in. What happened when Salah came in? Yes, Salah in a second season in had an amazing season for Liverpool. But when Salah signed, it was a big name signing. Who improved? money When Van Dyke yeah. Allison came in, who improved? money Tiago comes in now, who had the game of his life on Sunday, money money is the type of player for me who constantly ups his game when new players come in because he wants to prove look, I'm still I'm still challenging for top player in this team here. And um I think we will see, even though Thiago is a midfielder and even though he doesn't play in the same position, I think what we will see is Salah and Mane and Firmino's game be up now because of the quality of players that's coming in, that they're thinking, oh, we need to perform to show this player that he's coming into a top team. Um, so hopefully that's what we'll see, is we'll see, especially against Arsenal, as we play Arsenal in a few days' time, uh, we'll see that boost. Um, but it was good to see. It was good to see Liverpool dominate the game it's good to see that we've got options, which, as you alluded to before, as a Liverpool fan that's lived throughout the early two thousands, one of the things that we have always had is maybe a start in eleven that is half decent and nothing on the bench at all. Um, so it's nice to be able to almost have two teams for Liverpool now yeah. that, that are really challenging and
0: got decent quality in all in all areas. Couldn't agree more, Danny. As I say, it's just great and good thing was getting a clean sheet as well. You know. Um, Alison saving that pen and stuff was just it's just a good it's a good foothold to build on, isn't it? You know, four three against Leeds was good and all that type of stuff. Good goals, good for the neutral. Um, I know Leeds again they won four three this weekend themselves, but yeah, um, it's just good to Liverpool get a clean sheet because you know that's that's the only real question mark above Liverpool's like the team, isn't it? You know, people say going forward best one the best in the world, but you know they can't the defense can be got it even with Van Dyke. So it was good to get a clean sheet. And I'd love to kind of. I'd rather win the next maybe fifteen games, you know, with maybe ten clean sheets, than mm. have four threes every week because, you know, going into the big big games, you, you don't, you, you know, you want our defense to be solid. So um, let's hope that we can build on that and, and keep another clean sheet, you know, next weekend too. Yeah, yeah, as but you said, especially be...
1: with, especially in a title defense season, you want to be dominating games, and you'd rather be winning one two nil and keeping clean sheets and showing that you've got a solid team rather than. Exciting football. That's maybe four or three against Leeds. Nice to have that every now and again. But you want to make sure that you challenge them well. I think City have always done that well over the years. So I think Liverpool have learned from that. Um, as obviously this is a Liverpool podcast, so we we obviously massively support Liverpool. And it's good to be able to see that clean sheet. Part of me was a little bit gutted only for the uh, only for the reason that I've got um, Jorginho in my fancy league team. And I thought to myself, <laughs> surely he's going to score a penny. I have not missed a pen in 18 months. He's going to score this. At least it gets me a few points on me fantasy. i saved and it, but a little bit of me was a big brother.
0: Wow, yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, but I really am happy because a clean sheet is a big thing. And I say, mm. towards the end of last season, I don't think we got a lot of clean sheets. So it was kind of, for me, it's a good, it's a good you know, building platform that we, 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 we've we got the clean sheet. And it's something to say, about, okay, well, Chelsea never scored against us, and that they've got a great team. So, um, as I say, are we marking the in the sand for the rest of the season for us? You know, yeah, definitely.
1: And I think your point was proven there by the fact that we go on to play in Lincoln last night and basically had an entire different starting eleven and dominated the game, like seven-two finished uh nine-goal thriller. I said to my son, um, "We're over in Liverpool at the minute," and um, so I'm sitting here outside, more or less outside Goodison's ground. Um, And who have obviously had a good start to the season We'll talk about that a bit later Um, But we were coming over on the boat And I said to my son I'm like, oh, when we come over We're going to watch the Liverpool game on TV I was like, what do you think the score is going to be? And he was like, "Uh, I think Liverpool will win 8-1 And he's only 3 And I was like, there's no way you'd get a high scoring game like that Against a team like Lincoln 7 2 wasn't far off at all. Like. No, it wasn't, it wasn't far off at all. <laughs> so, what did you make? It was completely different starting 11. Obviously, as we said just before, Origi, Shakiri, Minamino, all these boys starting instead of Kersh- Yeah, Kersh- well,
0: I think it was only only Van Dyke that kept his place, wasn't it? Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, what did I make it with well, Shakiri? What a free kick! He's kind of like the forgotten man at Liverpool, isn't he? Um, and mm. it just goes to show what a goal! and goes to show that the that the, the relationship here has with Klopp that he's willing to stay and he's there has been no talk of security going. I think he's been a little bit unlucky with injuries as well. So that just proved the quality that he's got. Mm. You know? And he was he was involved in those big games against Barcelona a few years ago and stuff. You know, he's he you know, he reaps quality security. So great great goal. Curtis Jones, what can I say, man, he's just Oh, uh, he's it's. I don't know what to say. I don't want to be, We've said this before, haven't we? I don't want to start using the words and comparing to certain players because it's just not fair. But when you look at him and he's a scouser and he plays in centre midfield and he gets the ball, and he's not scared and yeah. he's putting the ball on the top in, and he's just like, oh, kind of reminds me of someone a little bit, but you don't, you, you don't want to be. It's you know I'm not going to say it. everyone listening knows a crack you you're you're, you're looking at me now laughing because you know exactly what I'm on about yeah but you're just looking at Jones like even that second goal like it was deflected by, but the build-up play where he's got the confidence to do like the pullback and turn it's like wow it's like so I'd try five i I'd never come off I'd be, I'd be I'd be patting myself on the back for about three months just <laughs> doing it in a, in a professional game and I, you know at the end he got interviewed and he was so modest you know coming to form great goals you know yeah um. Arigi got one at the end. Again, he's kind of become like a bit of a forgotten man. Um Harvey Elliott, solid performance. Um I can't really complain, you know. minutes minutes under under the belt for the likes to, you know, to miss uh, however you say his name at left back to Pass or wherever his name is at left back, <laughs> Jota made his debut, Adion got minutes under his belt, Fabinho had another great game at centre half. You know, Williams got a run out, uh, young Ryan Williams made his debut. Um what can he say? It was just a, you know, a great performance. Um Not the only thing that I think of um, matches like that. And I feel sorry for Lincoln. Uh, no fans can sit in and, and enjoy like Liverpool coming to. And Klopp did respect the competition. I think Klopp's hopefully learned that over the. That he has to respect these competitions because over the years, the FA Cup and the League Cup has become a bit like of a of a secondary kind of target. So that was a real strong lineup he played last night. You know, he was mm. still Arnold on the bench and and stuff like that so for me great performance uh, good to get minutes um, under the belt for certain players and yeah I just felt sorry for Lincoln and not having their fans being able to experience that type of you know atmosphere and stuff like that because I have no doubt if the fans in the stadium it could have been a lot different you know
1: yeah I think we'll see a big difference in these cup competitions this year because you think of all the, the giant killings that have gone on, gone on throughout the years one of the things that you see is that the crowd carries lower league teams And really, like, turns up in force. And it's an intimidating ground to go to. And I remember going to FA Cup clashes back in the day and the intimidation of away fans and the intimidation going to an away ground, going to, like, Southport or Crew Alexandra and stuff like that. And, like, their fans and even randomers who decide to go and support from the local area will go and will bring the flags and they'll bring the noise. And for for a Premier League team turning up to such a, a... close ground, such a small stadium. It can be intimidating, but because you don't have that now and it's just empty stadiums all the time, you're going to see the Premier League teams, even what makes so many changes, you're going to see the quality of the Premier League teams just flying through these games, um, which is sad. But for I think for cup competitions like the EFL Cup and um, Carabao Cup and um, FA Cup and all the rest of it. But at the same time, it gives Liverpool the likes of Liverpool, a chance to be able to use their full squad, which is what we've seen yesterday, um, and for them to be able to play freely and to show their quality, which is great. Um, because, as you said, you've you got, like, even a couple of seasons back, you've got a Curtis Jones coming on, wanting to prove himself in midfield, coming to a, a ground like Lincoln, um, and the fans screaming in your face. You've always got so much pressure on you. It can be hard for the player to establish himself in those sorts of games, where Curtis Jones... For me, has come alive. And yesterday he was just outstanding. And the way that he played, the balls that he played, give it as he said about it. He said about it in the interview afterwards, alluding to the fact that he's wearing the number 17 shirt and all the rest of it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of comparisons there. And I think for me, Curtis Jones is the type of player that he should be knocking on the door. And I think he's bold enough. He's got that sort of, for anyone obviously listening over in Ireland and all the other different countries that listen to this, one of the things that scousers have is a little bit uh, a bravado about them, that they don't mind saying what they want and saying what they think. And Curtis Jones is definitely one of those players that I think a lot of people try and be professional and say, oh, well, like if my chance comes, I'll try and take it and stuff. But every time you hear Jones, he's like, I'm here, I want my place, I'm going for it, I'm giving it 100%. And I think I should be getting picked. And, and that's, to be fair, I think he's right. The way that he plays, he's playing some top-quality football. He, he set up the goals yesterday. He was solid. Um, scored two goals himself. And, yeah, I just think he really proved himself yesterday that I think he should be knocking on that door with Thiago coming in and all these different signings. You sort of think these boys are going to be pushed to the back. But I honestly think he's challenging in there with the likes of Wijnaldum and Nabi Keita. I think he's challenging for that place
0: yeah this performance is absolutely outstanding as i say it's hard not to make the comparison isn't it and yeah i will just say that for all our listeners all over the world you know because what we, we me and danny get caught up in chatting about football and, and this is what we love it's our passion and, and this is what we'll continue to do but we've listeners in just some of the most random countries so hello to you. The, the, the people listening in chile and new zealand and america and but what was what was one of the latest countries we have seen? Was it somewhere like Zimbabwe or something, Danny? Or I mean, where was it? even
1: even our last pod that went out last week. There's people in Israel listening. There's people in Japan. There's a person in South Korea who was listening last week. So it travels about, which is nice.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So just hello to all them, to, you know, to, for, for now. But then, yeah, Danny's right. There's something about Scouts where it's not arrogance, um, although it could be perceived as arrogance. Mm. It, it's kind of like a inner in belief that not everyone has, and you see that on Curtis Jones in abundance. You know, um, who's to say in about three years' time, him and Arnold aren't going to be carrying the team like Carrigan and Gerard did? You know, yeah. that's that's kind of I can see it. Um, and when I said the name, I said the name. I didn't want to say the name, but <laughs> <laughs> it came out. Um, but yeah, we're not talking about Curtis Jones going alone at Championship clubs, are we? You know, it's it's not like that you know what I mean every so often a player comes along and you're like it's like Arnold he's not, he's not going on loan in a championship club to try and get minutes he'll get plenty of minutes in this Liverpool team despite the likes of Thiago Henderson Milner being there um, and he is something a bit different actually to be honest with you I don't get the impression that he wants to come on and he wants to just pass the sidewards and you know, see the game out I think every time he comes on he wants to get a goal Yeah. and uh, when he's scoring I can see it in his face he's almost like saying well why aren't you playing me every week this is what I can do. Every yep. time a bloody player score, so why aren't you playing me more? I can see him like kind of looking at clock every time he does that, <laughs> and uh, it's just great to see because it just means our team's going to be successful. So for me, yeah, he was probably the highlight of, of the game was you know Curtis Jones, but yeah, great to see you know the team play well um, and people get minutes under the under the belt really. And um, on to the next round, I suppose you know which will be tight against Arsenal, which I'm sure we're going to come up to.
1: Yeah, yeah, we're going to take a little break in a few minutes and then discuss the Arsenal game. But yeah, I think you're right. It was nice to see minutes getting played by a lot of the players. Nice for Klopp to use the squad for them to play so well. Um, and It's nice just to see the youth coming through. I think I love the globalisation of football. I love the fact that we've got people from all over the world coming to Liverpool and playing for Liverpool and all the other teams that are in the Premier League. And it's such a, a global thing. I spend time with my work going out to China and India and all these different countries and you can't communicate with a lot of people because of the language. You communicate through football. And you've got boys out in the back end of India wearing Liverpool shirts with players on the back that that you know and it's just I love the globalization of it. But at the same time, as a Liverpool fan and as a, a local lad, one of the things you love to see is homegrown talent come through. So I think that's why that's why people make such a big deal of Jones. Uh, and Trent Alexander-Arnold and other boys like that because the local lads that have come from, like I'm sitting here at the minute outside my mum and dad's house and my mum and dad's a very much working class area um, very sort of run down council estate type area and these boys come from these types of areas and we know how they've grown up and and how hard it is. I think people think about Liverpool and these big cities and think of like the skyline and all the amazing things of it but most people are growing up in just Working class, two up, two down houses, um, struggling in a lot of ways. So to be able to see him coming through the system and getting a chance at this this giant of a club it is always exciting to see. Like, so I think that's why we, we buzz off it so much.
0: There's something about watching a homegrown player um, that kind of lives your dream, doesn't it? You know, you kind of watching someone else thinking, "Wow, he's living he's living the dream." And it's just, I think I remember watching. Um, or well, I was doing the interview with uh, watching an interview with Gerard, I think. Um, or I think it was Gerard and Stevie Highway. I think it's only like one in like two hundred youth players at Liverpool get a chance in the first team. Mm. Like, so I imagine So say if you if you put that out there, so one of every two hundred players of a youth team got a chance in the first team, fair enough. But how many players of those two hundred players actually gonna be, you know, from Liverpool or from the, the town and city themselves? Yeah. That you know for for Curtis Jones be being that team doing what he's doing, he's proven that he's done it consistently from the age of probably 10, ten, eleven. Mm. Even younger probably. So, um yeah, what's that space I could say? I don't wanna be saying um don't wanna be saying that he's a display of that player, but I can certainly see by the end of this season, um, you know, being in the team on merits, not just come off the bench. And maybe this time next year he could be in England squad, you never know. Yeah,
1: hopefully so, hopefully so. And I think more power to him. And I think he has the ability there to be able to just keep going up and up. Um, and it's great to see. And I think it's something we've seen over the last four years is how, how good Klopp has been with the the youth team. Do you think four years ago, over that four years, you've seen Tens Alexander-Arnold come in, Curtis Jones come in, Nico Williams come in, Ryan Brewster come in, um, Wilson come in. All of these different players that have come through our youth, um, which is lovely to see. And it's great to be able to have that. Um, and great to see them starting games. It gives us a lot of hope for the future that we can bring in homegrown, not just spend millions and millions like a lot of clubs are doing. But we're going to take a quick break now, and then we're going to be coming back because we have two games to review against the same team. It is going to be an absolutely crazy week for Liverpool. But thank you so much for listening to Hamill and Danny's Irish Shamfield Road.
0: All right, folks, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Well, yes, that was an interesting first part there, wasn't it? Danny discussing you know, the Chelsea, the Lincoln and the transfers? But as we mentioned, we've got a double header now. We've got Arsenal in the league on Monday and we've got Arsenal in the um, EFL Cup on Wednesday. Both are Anfield, so I can't see Arsenal going home. They're probably pitching a wee hotel by Liverpool. Um, <laughs> but you know what? Let, let me put this out first before we discuss it, Danny. I and yourself, over this last year on the podcast, and I think any Liverpool fan that's honest enough to admit, Arsenal have been a little bit of a laughing stock over the last maybe three or four years. You know, since Wenger left, the last maybe year or two, Wenger. um, They've always kind of won things, but they've become a bit of a laughing stock, you know, been soft and all these type of things that we've mentioned. But I'm not going to lie, I look at Arsenal now, and even that, like, they beat Leicester. Leicester are a tough team. I really, 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 really are concerned because Arteta has co- he's learned off Pep Guardiola. He's been a sale winner in in his life. Arteta, you know, he was at Arsenal and he was he's got the pedigree as a player, and then he he's come to being assistant manager under Pep Guardiola, and like, he's won everything at City, and um, he's a you know, big that He's come to Arsenal. It took him a few weeks to kind of get involved and, and put a stamp on the team and stuff, but they've sealed it, keeping our Bamiang. They've got really exciting, young, promising players. You know, even um, David Luiz seems to have booked up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what I want to say is, I'm not. I don't think that no more. We've got two games against Arsenal, and to say they beat us towards the end of last season, um, and obviously they, they beat us on pens in the Community Shield. I really, 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 really am nervous going to these two games. Um, I, I I mean, we'll discuss them individually because they're different games in their own right. I think they'll be different teams. But the Premier League game to start off with, I think it's going to be full strength, Danny. And I think um, our strongest team and their strongest team, we should win. But how do you see that one going, you know, on Monday evening there?
1: Yeah, as you said, it's an interesting one. Arsenal have been a laughing stock for a while. And even, as you said, last season, we were looking at Arsenal games going, Arsenal are a joke at the minute. And they kind of, they came out of the blocks last season, just leaking goals from everywhere. Um, not really putting much of a shift in. They had the whole thing with Jacker, looked like he was going to throw his shirt off halfway through the game. They've had the Mesiderzil stuff going on. They've just kind of looked like a team that was fallen to bits. And he brought tether in and I thought, oh, it's nice for the fans. So as an ex-player, worked on the pep, maybe he'll be able to instill a bit of passion in him. But he looks he looks like he knows his stuff and he's really put that team together nicely. Um, he's got them playing the right way. He's got them playing for the club again. And he's got them competing, which is the main thing. I think the biggest signing they had to make this summer was keeping a Young, And he's managed to do that. Um, so I think they look threatening. And I think with the likes of Lacazette, uh, obviously they brought in William Jordan the summer. Um, yeah. uh, it's a great signing for them. And like, it's still got a lot in him. I don't know why Chelsea even sold him. Um, so they have him coming in and then. Danny Ceballos in the midfield and Jacked, and all these different boys. Um, they look threatening. And I think they do look like a team that can be solid and that can perform. On seeing that, seeing the way Liverpool have started the season, seeing the different gears that we've had to be able to win the game in last minute, to be able to dominate games. Because even before Chelsea went down to 10 men, I'd say that we dominated that first half um, against Chelsea. So I think Liverpool are going to go into the game with a lot of confidence. They're going to go in ready to play um, and I do still think that Arsenal's back is shaky enough. I think they've improved it. we have got a little bit more solid, but I still think against our front three, they're going to leak goals. Kolasinac, uh, I think for me, looks looks like he's not going to do too much. Obviously, they've got Rob Holden back there as well, who's a good player. But I think he's going to be coming up against Marnie, And I think the form that Marnie's in at the minute, I don't think he's going to have a chance. You know, do um so, and obviously Gabriel, who they've brought in during the summer. I think Gabriel looks a player. He looks great. Um, but can he manage against our front three on his own? I think they're going to be going around him. Um, so I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be full strength, as you said there. You mentioned in commentary, last week against Chelsea, they were like, oh, well, wouldn't you be licking your lips if you were Havertz or Werner seeing Fabinho in and Gomez out? But for me... I would much rather come up against Gomez than Fabinho because I think he's just an absolute monster. And I think having them two at the back and I think having the midfield that we've got and the options that we've got, Thiago with a full week's training under his belt and then our yeah. three, I think we'll dominate them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie, Danny. I'm going to disagree with you. Um, okay. Our first disagreement for the season, I suppose, <laughs> um, keeps it interesting. I can't disagree with what you're saying and I can't disagree with you know, what you mentioned about their players and this. But I just think that Arteta's got that little, put that little bit of steel in the team at the moment, mm. and uh, I would take any type of win whatsoever. I would love to be talking to you next week and having to beat Arsenal twice, and we slaughtered them. But I would honestly take like a one nil now. I really, really would. I just feel that Arsenal have become a little bit of a bogey team over the last two, three games, and. They're going to be up for it, and that you know they they spent that extra day on us because they played on Wednesday and we played in Thursday. And they've probably been preparing all week just for this, you know, to, to upset us as such. Um, and I think Arteta's is very much one of those. I think Arteta fancies himself a little wee bit. I think he's one of those type of players that wants, you know, he wants the, the scalp on a CV of beating Liverpool or not getting beat by Liverpool. Um, and I can see he's a player, he's he's a manager that wants to kind of be probably managing Barcelona or managing Man City. Um. Eventually, so I really do think he's, you know, he's one of these managers that is, you know, don't lose at all costs. And I think they have got a bit of quality in the team, so they could always get a goal out of nowhere. And we've seen it happen. You know, Abamian is just dangerous. And as I say, fabinho has been solid, and our, our defense has been okay. But I, I still think that we, you know, we're lacking in concentration at times, and they they could get a goal. I don't see this being a, a walkover. I really, really don't. Um. Uh, realistically, if I had to have a prediction, I would say maybe one-one, or maybe two-one either way. Maybe one-nil. I don't see this being a. I hope I'm wrong, and you know, you never know with Liverpool. We could steamroll them. In the past, we've steamrolled Arsenal quite a few times, haven't we? I remember the um, Daniel Sturridge getting like two goals in two minutes, and Sterling and Suarez, and we've steamrolled Arsenal before and there's been some great games, but I'm just going to have to and I, I think it's going to be tight, and it wouldn't one bit shock me if they beat us 1-0 or 2-1 or something, I'm just really, really kind of nervous about this game. Um, yeah, I really am.
1: As you said, it'll be interesting, and I think that it's not going to be like, a, oh, Liverpool are Liverpool going to smash them 3-0, because I think Aubameyang is far too good for that, and he is just next, when it comes to strikers, he's just next level. Aubameyang at the minute, and he's just, he's on red-hot form, and he's confident, and he's just putting those balls into the top bins like like it's no one's business every single week. So I think it's going to be 4-2 Liverpool. I think their defense is still <laughs> I think their defense is still leaky. I think we will get goals and I think our team will be keen to to go for it. I think Salah and Mane especially are coming out of the blocks fighting. Um but I think I think Abamyang will get a couple. But yeah, I'm going to go 4-2. I think that's what I that's what I'm going for.
0: I'll um, just just to play devil's advocate. I'll go Liverpool one, Arsenal one. I'm going for a a, a draw. And it's, as I say, people have listened to me on this pod over last year. Anyone that knows, I'm a massive Liverpool fan and I wouldn't normally say that, but I just have a wee feeling. But anyway, so that, that's that's Monday night, that's the Premier League. That's a different kettle of fish. Um that's our bread and butter. On Wednesday evening, then we play Arsenal again. Um and it's bound to be different teams, isn't it, Danny? I can't see them playing like similar teams in both games. I would definitely say you'll see a switch in the goalkeepers and it'll be more like the teams that you've seen kinda of during the week this week for the League Cup than the um than the league. So come Wednesday, how do you think that'll plan out?
1: Yeah, I think it's good. it's gonna be a quick turnover. So you can't you can't play your team teams right over. Like and I think it's it's quite renowned the fact that you will switch it up a bit. I think there'll be a few players will probably stay in. Uh, I think we'll maybe still see Van Dyke still sitting at the back, maybe. I think we'll maybe still see a, a Mane or a Salah still playing um, because you've got to respect your opposition. But I think at the same time, I think we'll see a lot of... I think we'll see Curtis Jones back in the starting lineup. I think we'll see Minamino restart. I think Jota will maybe get a game um, and different boys like that. Nico Williams and Tamiscus will probably still play. Um, and I think we will see a lot of changes. But I think that's to be expected. We said, obviously, in the first half of the pod, that uh, we've got... A strong enough team that I think if he'd done that and he made those changes, we're not sitting there thinking, oh no, we're going to get smashed now, we've got a weakened lineup out. Um, he mentioned it in commentary yesterday against Lincoln, and I think they were right. Uh, Klopp isn't developing a team, he's developing a philosophy, which is what we you know through Arsenal, really, but uh, Arsenal could have played their under 18s or they could have played the first team and they played the exact same football. Because Wenger sort that institutionalised that within the whole club. And I think Klopp's doing that at Liverpool now, while Wenger's on at Arsenal. And I think we're seeing now that no matter what team he puts out, they play the exact same way. So the high tempo, plenty of passing, belief that they can score in the 90th minute, no matter what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I think we will see changes. I think Arsenal have a lot of changes as well. And I think if Arsenal make as many changes as Liverpool do, they have not got the squad to be able to, to I don't think. That's one of the things with Arsenal, Dominic. You don't have the 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 Liverpool of two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. You don't have
0: a bench. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's that famous game last season, wasn't it? It was um, was a four four or five five, and we we, we mm-hmm. Origi scored like a wee bicycle kick on like the ninety six minute or something, <laughs> yeah. and that really that really was like that wasn't um that wasn't like our second team. That was our kids, and I think that the the most senior player that day was probably Origi. Mm. Um. So yeah. Um. There's that famous game last season. So it could, it could quite easily go like that again, like end to end stuff. I think at one stage Liverpool were getting beat like four two. and We come back on one. It was mad. Um. But yeah, how do I see it going? Yeah, I think I agree with you on that. Our second team stronger than their second team. Their second team is just kids as so Our second team is the likes of Sha- Shaqiri, Milner, you know, Mila,mino, Adrian. You know, and I, I do think that our second team is stronger. Um, but yeah, how does she go? I would say, I would. It's hard to predict the score with like two second teams, isn't it? it really, really is <laughs> two second teams with no crowd, like a training match. Yeah. Um, I mean, what? Well, I don't think there'll be any nerves because it doesn't really matter. Like both managers will want to win the cup, but they're not going to be bothered if they get knocked out, type of thing. Mm. Um, I don't. Let's just throw. Let's let let's go four three. Let's go 4 for Liverpool just 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 for shits and giggles. Like, <laughs> I, I would have, how can you call that game? Like, that That's a game there. We live in Liverpool and we we're youngsters so going to match. And I think every Liverpool fan from Liverpool can relate to this. When you're young, you know, 7, 8, 9, and you start going to your first Liverpool matches, um, and like, you, normally 9 times out 10, it's normally a Week Cup game because it's easy to get tickets. and yeah. You're always like, oh, you know, you didn't really want to go to like a. As a youngster, you don't want to go to a cup game It's, like it's a to lower league team. You always want to like play a big team. So I've been to plenty of cup games over the years for Arsenal, and like you get those wee going the match and all, and you think, yes, there's going to be loads of goals. And I really do think it's going to be like that. It's just a shame that the crowd can't go in again. I, I just can't put it into words how, how much of a shame it is. You know that we were discussing this the pod the, the pandemic happened kind of towards the end of our pod last season, and we were just like, whoa, what's going on here? We had like a night plan for our for our, our podcast, you know, to celebrate winning the league and it's kinda looked like this time this stage of the season we'd start to let fans back in. So um, I think we're just grateful that we've got football at the moment. Um and certainly a game like this, it's good to watch two teams um like two days after watching them play anyway, where it'll be the second teams and they'll just be going helpful ever. And I think real football fans would appreciate this type of fixture where it's a cup game, it's gonna be helpful ever, players are gonna be going for it. Good to see the likes of Minamino's and the Arsenal youngsters, and I think it's going to be a great spectacle for people to watch, and definitely the highlight of the round. I think Liverpool Arsenal.
1: Yeah. No, I think it'll be an interesting game, as you said. Um, Yeah, it'll be an interesting one. I think you've you've drew both of these quite tight. I think if yeah, uh, yeah, I think if if it doesn't, if it does go and the pool completely dominates I think people are going to be outside our podcast with ammo outside. Does you sound like you're not trusting us?
0: (laughs) <laughs> I really just hope that it, um, I hope that we win. I'm, I'm I'm just I don't know. I've just got a weef. Arsenal team this season that I think are gonna um gonna knock on the door a bit more than than um than they have done in previous years. Which brings us on to kind of the end of the pod, and I just want to spend five minutes, Danny, just kind of chatting about um like the start of this season and and what have you noticed, and like obviously we've had some good start good starts the season from like like the likes of Everton, yeah, Leeds as well, um. How have you made Canada to start the season and then who do you think if you had to name like a couple of teams to watch and maybe put a team down for relegation now early in the season, who would you you tell me what you'd pick and I'll kind of do the same So Give me a couple of teams that you think to watch out for that might shock shock people and give me a team that you think will be relegated
1: um I think. It's an interesting start of the season. I think it's been tight enough. As you said, I think people haven't quite adjusted to the fact that it's been such a quick turnover from last season to this season. And I think some teams will struggle more than others because of that, is that normally you do want to get yourself in the right mindset. You do want to put yourself in the right form. Um, Obviously, going so early on into the season and then having so much transfer speculation still going on, I know the teams struggle with that and especially more so this season because they haven't had time to prepare and have that transfer speculation while the teams aren't really playing. To have it so when you've already started the league and going through the games um, and having so many games so quick, back-to-back, cup games and league games, um, I'm sure it's hard for any team. I think there is a few teams to watch. I think Everton are definitely one to watch. And I think they signed Rodriguez, and I was like, oh, well done. They signed a player that scored a great goal seven years ago. Um, it'll be all right. He's a nice signing for them. He's from Real Madrid. It's a nice sort of um, staple for them because they're used to not really signing anyone. Um, And they brought in Allen as well. And I thought, ah, oh, they'll, they'll be all right. They, they've made a couple of signings. But I tell you what, they look strong. And uh, I do seriously worry this season that when we come up against Everton, it's going to be a far tighter game than what it has been in previous years. Um, And I think they've been, we spoke about it last week, we alluded to it. that. Everton have been one of the team that have been have benefited from having no fans in the stadium because Ancelotti's been able to bring in his style of football. So I think Everton are definitely a team to watch this season. I think you can't look past Spurs. Bale. I think they going to be a good team to watch this season as well. Yeah, I think they are going to challenge. Um, Mourinho is, is sort of instilling his football style into that team now, and I think Bale will bring a next level for them. Um, if I have to pick a team right now, I'm going to say... I think Fulham are going down. I think Fulham don't really look like much at the minute. West Brom really haven't put a shift in at the minute in terms of being new teams. They haven't had time to adjust. Um, so I think they will struggle. Um, and there's a few other Premier League teams, I think, that are going to struggle as well. I think Sheffield United aren't doing great at the minute, neither is Southampton. Uh, I don't think Southampton will be relegated this season because they've got a good enough team to stay up. Um, but yeah, I think... I think it's going to be a tight one. I think we're going to see it coming down towards the end of the season before we see who's going to be relegated, apart from Fulham because they can up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think a team to watch for me. I think Wolves this season. Um, they're not in Europe this season, and they're a great, great, great squad as always. And I think how they've juggled the last two, three years in the Europa League and still been like the top six or seven in the Premier League is unbelievable. Now that they're not in Europe, I think they really could thrive and. And thrive, you know, you know, we've mentioned Wolves a, a, a lot in the last few years, a great team. Mm. Um, okay, we've we've nicked Jota, but they've, they've got like another like maybe 15 20 games less games than usual, so I think they'll cope quite well with that. And then going down West Brom, I just don't see anything kind of kind of any good and uh, anything good about them, really. They just don't shout out to me. Um, yeah, yeah Everton, a team that we have to watch. I think under you know, Ancelotti, he's, he's he's got them playing the way he wants, of course. I think Newcastle have made some shoot signings as well. Um, so there, I want to watch. But I just want to make. I, I, I want to want to end the pod um, on a bit of a funny note this week, guys. So me and Danny, um, we started this podcast off meeting up um, up in a certain part of Ireland, Northern Ireland, and we we were loving life. We were sitting in a little room, and it's kind of it's kind of gone from that to us, you know, naturally going over Zoom like everyone else um, with what's going on and stuff. And since then, I've moved to a different part of the country, and it's going great. But we we we've, we've both our last pod, I was in Liverpool and uh, Danny was in Ireland and we were, you know, recording the pod. Same with Danny now and he's he's gone over to surprise his folks with his kids and all He's sitting in a car now recording this pod. And he's sitting in a place in Liverpool called County Road. <laughs> and uh, Danny was going on about um it's right it's right by Goodison, it's probably five minutes from Goodison, probably about ten fifteen from Liverpool. It was funny, he was mentioned Everton before, and I don't know if he realised, because um, we're on camera. He mentioned Everton. And, I, I, and as he mentioned Everton he was a big hefty guy just walked past and he just stared in at Danny <laughs> chatting away and I could just tell he was a big Everton fan and i think what's he going on about there and it just made me laugh so there's a wee story for our listeners Danny's sitting in a car recording this pod now and uh, seeing some six foot fella with a big Big muscles here, and Danny going about everything. Before Danny's gonna get his head caved in here live on here. It's (laughs) because you were saying something
1: positive, wasn't it? If I was saying something negative, he'd put his hand through the window and something. I know, (laughs) it
0: was just funny because I just heard you say everything. I could just see his face turn towards you walking past the car. So, but hey, guys, listeners, you know, that's dedication to the cause. Um, That's episode three of season two. It's unbelievable. We do intend to get some guests on, guys. So, we're working in the background to get that sorted for next week. Um, but yeah, thanks, thanks for listening. Um, shout out to all of us all over the world. Shout out to everyone listening to Sivan Radio Online. Um, and yeah, all the best, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Sports Social Podcast Network.